1: hello everybody welcome to the irish tech news podcast this is your host jamil hassan the crypto hipster where i bring you the crypto corner where i interview founders thought leaders entrepreneurs executives um artists and artist studio owners and co-owners um today i have an amazing guest his name is ken Folan. he is the co-owner of uh, the uh kildare gallery at carton house uh Ken, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jamil. You're welcome. Pleasure to have you. Um so let me kick things off and ask you first, um what is your background and is it a logical background for what you're doing now?
2: My background was I was actually a pipe fitter and plumber and I did a lot of welding um and that it that doesn't sound like it would apply to what I do, but it actually turned out to be very helpful. Uh, So when I left school, I did a trade and I became a plumber Um, and that was a four-year-long trade and pretty much the day I finished my trade, I got on a plane and I moved to Australia and I ended up living there for about 12 years. Um, So for the first year I worked as a plumber over there and I hated plumbing. The day I started it, I hated it, but I just said I would complete the trade uh, so I'd always have something to fall back on and I moved to Australia. Worked at plumbing over there, and then I moved into a, a share house over there, and that's where things really started to, to take a different uh, avenue for me. So, this was an old house, and there was about ten people uh, living there, and they were all artists and musicians. And um, when I was younger, I used to play the guitar, and I was quite good at it. And uh, I just got really inspired by being around these people, and. Um, I there was a music college over there called the Australian Institute of Music and I decided I would uh, apply for it and I was very lucky and I did a performance and I got in and I was playing bass back then and I was absolutely obsessed with it and one of my flatmates he was a bass player as well so he was he really inspired me and uh, he was great for recommending you know new types of music to listen to and just really really helpful so that set me off on a on a different track and um the house i was living in it was a it used to be a, a wartime i think it was a naval base and it was designed to look like a house and not like a military building and that was for world war Two. but it was on a cliff and i mean it was absolutely it's absolutely beautiful place and um so that house was a huge part in um really sort of shaping what I wanted to do and one of the girls in the house she was an artist her name is Fiona Lowry she's a renowned Australian artist she became hugely successful she won a couple of awards the Doug Moran Award and the Archibald Prize and each of those the first prize I think it's a hundred thousand dollars for each of them so it's a a huge huge prize so I was always around people like that and I was living in Sydney and there's a sculpture exhibition every year in Sydney called Sculpture by the Sea. And what it is, is it's huge sculptures placed all along the sea near Bondi Beach, Coogee Beach, Tamarama Beach. And I'd never seen anything like it. I was just absolutely amazed by it. Um, and that got me interested in sculpture really. So I lived in Australia for 12 years. Um, I studied music over there. I got into the Australian Institute of Music and I ended up playing in a lot of different bands and i was playing in some wedding bands as well and it's playing music for a living it's hard because some weeks you have work you get paid and then you have two weeks where you don't have work and but anyway so i was there for about 12 years and i moved back to ireland and i moved back in the middle of a recession and um there was no work at all and even trying to get plumbing work there wasn't any any work so i was actually on the dole for a while um and there was no, pretty much nothing else to do. So I did a business and entrepreneur course. The government were putting on all these courses to get people into work. Um, and that was in Dunleary College, IADT. So I went out there and I had a business plan. And I thought I would organize a sculpture exhibition because I'd absolutely nothing to lose. So I i did the whole business plan and um, I was really serious about it. And I approached Carton House in Manute. That's a, they're a five star hotel now and i just proposed to them about doing a sculpture exhibition big pieces of sculpture dotted all around the grounds there's 1400 acres there that's it's absolutely beautiful um and i came to them with that idea and they actually surprisingly bought into it and said you know you can you can do it and i was scared when i when i actually heard them say you can do it i thought god i don't know if i've never done anything like this i don't know if i can do it um and i just said about finding artists and I was really, really lucky. One of the first artists I met was a guy called Mike Doohan and he's a sculptor and through his um, backing and his word, a lot of other artists then were prepared to give me their work. He said, look, this guy is trustworthy and he won't do you wrong. Um, So people started giving me their work and I put on this huge sculpture exhibition. It was really, really hard work, Uh, but I, I was lucky. I had a lot of help from a lot of different people to do it as well. So I had a double base, and I sold that to pay for uh, catalogs, insurance, all that type of stuff. But um, yeah, I was really, really determined to do that, um, and it turned out it was it was a really, really big success. I made a few sales, and I'd actually wanted to do it where you could pay in Bitcoin for some of the pieces, but the, the facility just it wasn't there at the time. And if it was, I, I, I think I'd be a billionaire by now of people paid in bitcoin um so that that was the first exhibition and it was a great success and i decided to do another one and it was the same story um but this time i went to went bigger there was a lot more pieces and a lot more bigger pieces and uh, the logistics of it was all very hard but the, all of the plumbing and the, the pipe filling that all helped in regards to installation knowing how the pieces were put together, knowing how to put something into the ground and keep it safe—it's not going to fall over. Um, so that all helped with that. And then, um, then after that, uh, the woman came to see me, and her name is Ruth Little, and she was also organising sculpture exhibitions. And we got to talk and we had a coffee, and uh, I really liked Ruth, and Ruth liked me, and we got on really well. And we sort of went our our different ways. And I decided I wanted to to have a full-time art gallery because I could see there was a demand out there for people wanted. I mean, I'd started to get the ball rolling with everything. I started to have a bit of demand and a couple of regular clients, but there was nowhere to keep this going. And I thought I could do this all year round. So Carton House had, there was a a building there and it pretty much needed to be renovated on the inside. And I approached the CEO, whose name is Connor Malahan, he was the ceo at the time and i proposed to uh put an art gallery in there and once again they bought into the idea and said yeah okay great so i contacted ruth and uh, asked her would she be interested in coming into to business with me and it was as simple as that and she said yeah yeah And, and her her and her husband came along to view the building and see what sort of work needed to be done and um yeah we just decided let's do it and and we we just started a gallery now there's an awful lot of um renovation had to be done on the house and once again the plumbing background came came in handy because i was able to do most of the work and root's husband was he was very handy as well so that's that's pretty much how the, the gallery actually got got open cool
1: awesome um yeah i have some i have some boot collar friends who want to learn who want to learn crypto so you know um I started i started teaching them so um that's yeah. awesome yeah um so let me find out first what are your what are your current exhibitions we have an exhibition running at the moment
0: and this is a total we've never done something like this before and it's an exhibition of nfts and it's by one of our artists jonathan dixon um so we
2: i like i've been interested in, in cryptocurrency and i started looking at nfts about a year ago i go in and out of understanding everything um and i talked with jonathan a number of times and um, jonathan is a very very clever guy and he's an amazing artist i mean he's he's top shelf so i kept saying to him there's a number of times we'd go out for a beer actually it was he's great company um i kept saying to him there's definitely something in this for you there's something in blockchain or cryptocurrency or there's some way because the guy is such a clever guy i said you you could do really well out of this um and then i just sort of said to him, would you be interested in doing some type of digital art something to do with blockchain and i looked into it there was nfts and he was just up for it straight away um so we decided it actually started off I said to him, I'll pay you. I paid him in Cardano, because I I actually bought some ADA. um, I was interested in Cardano. I was watching YouTube videos of Charles Hoskinson. And I I found him, he just really impressed me. He comes across as he seems to be very decent and extremely clever. Um, And I just sort of liked everything about him and I liked Cardano and there seemed to be a good community there. So I paid Jonathan five transactions in ADA, and he created a master painting. I'm going to try and explain this properly now. He created a master painting, which is like a grid of all blocks of lovely colors that he's painted on with big, thick brushstrokes. And he created an algorithm then to extract numbers from the transaction code ID, because the transaction code ID is unique. I think it might be, I don't know, 14, 16 symbols long. I can't remember. So he's extracted those numbers using this algorithm. And then he applies it to the master painting, which chooses the sequence of colors. And that creates a piece of art. And you can see them. They're all on our website. It will make more sense if people look at it. So until the transaction takes place, until I pay for the art, it doesn't actually exist. The second the payment is made, it creates a transaction ID, which goes to the master painting and then the master painting decide or sorry, the algorithm decides the sequence of colours from the master painting. So that was the the first part. So I paid him five of them. So there's five of those available. And he's doing an edition of them. Um so then we were saying that if we're going to do an NFT exhibition, it can't all be on a television screen at the gallery. When our clients come in, a lot of our clients don't they don't understand cryptocurrency and they don't use it. And I think I was trying to think, how can I pull them in to get them interested in all of this? So the screens are not going to work. So what we decided to do was, um, Jonathan was going to create physical pieces as well. So the transaction code ID, what the master painting created, it was a JPEG, and he's printed these, they're large pieces, I think they're 80 by 90, 80 by 100 centimeters, and they're on photographic archival paper, and they're encased in acrylic. So there's five of them at the gallery at the moment they look absolutely even if there was no nft with them they look absolutely amazing um and then he's created another 11 and they're not to do with the master painting they're all different images and they're all to do with um, memories and how you recreate memories in your head and the really really colorful pieces there's a few pieces of skulls that are down there and there's beautiful colors all around them and uh he then got a passport photograph of his wife, which was 20 years old. And they on some of the pieces. That represents the, the memories of going on holidays. Because usually when you get a passport photograph, you're usually going on holidays or somewhere like that. So there's one or two weeks of a holiday. And you, no matter what, even 20 years later, you will remember those one or two weeks. It's like a big flag in in in, in the sand for for a memory um so jonathan has created all these they're all in physical pieces at the gallery and there's an nft with each of them but wh- what i really liked about this is that you can buy um you can buy nfts in the cryptocurrency market like there could be a huge crash everything goes to the ground and in your nfts they're not worth that much money anymore you mightn't get that and that can be temporary that might can recover and they're worth money after three or four years but no matter what you get these physical pieces the nft so even if the the actual value of the nft goes to the floor you still have this beautiful piece of art and they're not even that expensive as well so the physical piece i think will retain its value even if there's even if there's an nft crash so i hope that sort of explains what the exhibition is about
1: it's great thank you no awesome so um the interesting thing about your art is that um exhibitions is that art is um really presented in a public place right and you said mm. um art in a public place can play an important role in urban regeneration right <clears throat> so how does it do that and how, how what have some, some some success stories with um urban regeneration and art
2: i think i think sculpture can breed new life into a place I think when, it, when you put in like we did a commission for intel intel put a sculpture into a town that's near us called leekslip and they did it for the the tidy towns and, and tidy towns is a committee of volunteers that on a saturday morning they go around they clean up lots of rubbish they plant nice plants they make the area look really nice so intel helped out and they commissioned the sculpture and it's a sculpture of those four big butterflies, and they're beautiful. They're all different. They're all different colours. And uh, the butterfly is a symbol of, um, I think, it's a symbol of change and and new beginnings. Um, so Intel, we actually had um, well, I think it's a it's a microchip or processor. Anyways, all of the lines on it, they're all, they're all like Intel symbol. They're all on the the plint. and um, it adds so much to the area and children love sculpture and i think children like sculpture more than paintings because it's some of it can look like a big toy they're used to playing with little cars and dolls and whatever it is and they can get up close they can touch it they climb all over it so it's sculpture seems to resonate with children and um i think that piece in leek was a great success actually it was really really i think it really really adds a lot to the area i suppose um, but we've worked on a number of different projects as well. Uh, we work. We've uh, over COVID as well. There's a lot of companies lost people to COVID, and, and some of their friends and family died. And we've had companies uh, commission a piece. And once again, it was actually butterflies again that we we put in, but it was just to commemorate the people who died over COVID. And um, they're placed nicely in a garden, and it, people can go there and it's peaceful, and they can they get something out of the sculpture, I think. So.
0: I think that was really important as well
1: awesome so um you also have a bespoke commissioning service right um yes. what's that all about how does that how how's that work I, I i know there's there's broke woke and bespoke i know what broke is um i think i know what woke is i don't know what bespoke is so what what is that what's your service all about the bespoke commissions
2: are um uh, recently as well a lot of them like i was saying they've been memorials um and even before covid as well there's there's people who've lost loved ones and it could be a, it could be a tragic event and uh it might be two to three years later and that's when they they can actually cope with it. they want to get a sculpture to um just sculpture as a m- memorial for um a loved one that they've lost and we like we did one recently and it was a couple and they lost a they lost a young daughter and um stuff like that i take very seriously because someone comes to you they're looking for a memorial piece and you have to come up with an idea or a concept for them and something that works for them and you're always you want to have you want to to treat it with absolute and utter respect you want to get everything right you don't want to get it wrong at the end because uh you can really upset or hurt someone um so it was it was a beautiful piece anyways and what it was was a it was a hand with a butterfly coming off and the hand was to represent the the mother's hand and the butterfly was the young you know the young child um but there comes a stage like we were we come up with the uh, concept you hand it over to an artist and there's those couple of weeks where it's being made and you're 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 worried yourself that will it be okay and will everything turn out all right you have to hand it over to the artist and um I, I don't think we've got it wrong yet like every time we've done it people are really really delighted but it can be a huge part in, in healing for someone as well to get a piece like that I suppose so that's that's one part that we've been doing a lot of bespoke commissions um, We also work with companies, it can be something to do with, uh, like we did one once again for Intel and Jonathan Dixon, the artist who we have at the moment at the gallery, he was the one that did it. And it was a portrait of Gordon Moore and Gordon Moore was one of the founders of Intel. So what Jonathan did was um, he did a painting and it's all pixelated and it's all painted in small blocks. So when you're up close to it, it's hard to tell what it is. And then when you stand back, the picture of gordon moore appears i mean it's absolutely it's it's hanging in, in intel at the moment and it's absolutely amazing and it was all to represent how the same thing can exist in two different states at the same time so it was pixelated and then realistic when you pull back so that's that's the sort of stuff that we do at the gallery i mean we'll always try and do our absolute best to get the best outcome for our client
1: so it seems like you do a lot of work with butterflies um what are they what are they symbolize? people are they, love butterflies <laughs> what do they symbolize to you
2: Symbolize to me butterflies um i don't know but like butterflies is weird because um
0: my auntie died a few
2: years ago and at the funeral a, a butterfly was flying around her coffin and that really resonated with my mom it was my mom's sister and that really resonated with her and recently a good friend of mine his father passed away and we were at the funeral and same thing, a butterfly came out of nowhere and was flying around the coffin. And uh, and then it flew out the door. So I don't know, I, Like I, a butterfly to me, it, uh, I think it symbolizes change and new beginnings.
0: That's what I get from it anyways. Got it. Yeah, I'm thinking, I like that. Um,
1: so you mentioned NFTs. Right. Yes. And your traditional, your traditional gallery, how have yeah. they impacted, you know, traditional galleries and your business and and other businesses like yours?
2: At the moment, I don't think it started to impact them yet. Like this is the first time we did something like this. We've never. I've always been interested, but we've never done it. And I think it actually. Gonna, I think the, the traditional art and the NFTs—they are going to come an awful lot closer. Um, I think it'll be good in does it, artists' artists' work. If let's say if you buy a piece of sculpture off—I'm an artist—you buy a piece off me and it's ten thousand euros. Um, you sell it at an auction a year later and get twenty thousand euros for because that happens. I mean, an artist can be a good investment. I'm supposed to get a artist resale commission. I think it's approximately. Four or five percent, but a lot of times that that doesn't seem to happen. Like I, I actually don't know any artists that have received. I'm sure some uh, some auction houses do honour that, but I've never heard of an artist actually getting getting paid that. So with the NFTs, you can program in an artist resale percentage of let's say five percent. So every time that changes hands, it automatically goes
0: to the artist's wallet. I'm right at that, have not I? Um so I think that that's got like
2: that's only a small part of of NFTs but I think that's adds huge value to it that every time that piece of art changes hands the artist is going to get paid their artist resale rights it's like a royalty I suppose um and even when they're dead like every time that goes they, it'll still go to their to their wallets so or their family or their family estate will get it um i think nfts will add value as well in regards to uh, any counterfeit art so sometimes when a sculpture is made there might be six or maybe nine copies of that one piece it's it's an addition of nine when the ninth one is made the mold for the sculpture should be destroyed so no more can be made so you've bought a piece thinking that there's only nine in this collection and you are one of them but it's very possible for somebody to take that sculpture somewhere and get a mold made of it and take it to a metalworking foundry and get the piece remade and basically recast and it'll look the same and not a lot of people will know that's counterfeit but if those sculptures in the first place if each of them came
0: with an nft if they don't have the nft with them i mean the sculpture is a fake then because nft is a digital receipt Yeah, I agree. I, I, so, I just think that takes a huge amount of risk out of uh, consumers. Like uh,
2: for a person buying a piece, I think that takes a huge amount of risk out that they know there can be
0: only nine of these made if, if it comes with an NFT. Yeah,
1: cause a lot of people think the NFT is, is the artwork and not the digital receipt behind the artwork.
0: So but you know I'm still
2: trying to i'm still trying to figure out the whole thing, but the more and more I think about it, and the more I'm starting like organizing this exhibition, I can see more and more ways that it's gonna be of use in the art world and the art world, especially um and for collectors
0: as well, it's just i I think it'll become a hugely important part of art. how 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 will it um what are the ways well i think in the ways what, what i was saying of um
2: helping to stamp out uh any counterfeit pieces do you know what? they're the only two ways at the moment that have been going through my head but um the, just the more and more i think about it i know i'm going to see a lot more uses for it in the future for nfts um I know there's an awful lot of people around and, and a, a lot of art critics as well and they don't like NFTs and I and I'm thinking if they they don't like it, they, they haven't given it much um they mightn't have given it much thought or much research into it, or they mightn't have used cryptocurrencies. Because we sold a few of Jonathan Dixon's paintings. Uh we sold them to some people in America and we got them. They actually paid in Carnano in Ada and the transaction was so smooth. It, it, like when they pay it, like by the time you refresh your screen, the the currency is in your wallet. Um, I sold a piece of sculpture a few years ago, and it went to New Zealand. And I think the piece was about two and a half thousand euros. And I got the person paid with PayPal, and I paid about two hundred euros to PayPal in fees, and the money wasn't released for. I think it was like 10 days until we actually got the money in our, our bank account. But, but when we got paid in Cardano, it was there in a second and the fees, like it, it was barely a fee. Might've been one euro or something tiny like that. So I, I, I think that that's hugely helpful to any artists and any galleries selling work that's going abroad or you can stamp out all the transaction fees and have
0: your money available straight away. So that, that was really good
1: it is sounds good so um i have one final actually have two final questions first of all yep um I, I asked this one because i used to have gardens I, until i had all kinds of like critters in my yard that i can't manage like mm. deer badgers woodchucks squirrels you name it but what what's the role of gardening you know what do you think how is it, why is it beneficial why is it important, and why do you? Why is it important to maintain the integrity of the sculptures in the gardens, um, <laughs> from a personal and societal perspective?
0: I think, uh, especially since COVID, people were spending an awful lot more
2: time in their gardens. They're prepared to spend a bit of money on their gardens, and they get into gardening. Gardening is very therapeutic and adding a sculpture to a garden as well it becomes a focal point in the garden um we do it we do a a sculpture exhibition in ireland we used to we were doing it every year we're doing it this year in june bank holiday weekend in um, the phoenix park and it's it's called bloom it's a garden show. It's, it's similar to the chelsea flower show so we'd get a hundred thousand people through in five days and what we do is we build a garden and we built it's a sculpture garden, so we might have 70 to 100 pieces of sculpture placed all over the garden. And uh, I, 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 anyone who buys sculptures, I go and I install them and I get to see their gardens. And people just people love their gardens and they're prepared to spend a bit of money, they're prepared to spend a bit of money and put a nice sculpture in, they're going to have it forever. Um, and sometimes people will buy a sculpture and put one in. And then they want another one and another one and we help out with that like we I'll, we will go and try and pick more sculptures for them uh, like we recently put a few sculptures into somebody's garden and they were um they were more a classical style of sculpture figurative pieces and uh they're absolutely gorgeous and it was like a two people dancing like ballet and they were up on a On a plint, it was maybe six foot high. It was absolutely gorgeous, but it it added a sense of uh calmness to the gardener. Like when you when I when I looked at them when I was put in, I could nearly hear classical music playing. Um, but I I just think now now people are spending an awful lot more time and the people after COVID as well had a lot of spare change in their pockets and they were prepared to spend and they were buying sculptures for the garden. So I, I think it's important to have a piece of sculpture in your garden and it can introduce you then you get a nice collection together and uh you know you can have indoor sculptures outdoor sculptures um lighting is important as well at night time you can have a nice light on a sculpture because in ireland we get a lot of dark nights so um when you can look at your window and see a beautiful piece lit up you'll get to enjoy it all year round <laughs> but um yeah so like we have that show coming up and the amount of people that are interested in their gardens and interested in sculpture, like you, you wouldn't believe it. I've had, I've had people buy pieces in a very small garden and the piece could be 20,000 euros and they're prepared to spend that, that type of money. And it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. They're prepared to spend that type of money and have a piece in their garden. So they're they're not all huge, enormous gardens. Uh, sorry and I, and I should mention as well so just to go back to the nfts we opened that exhibition on saturday and we were very very lucky uh, john woods he works for iohk cardano i think he's the head he's the head architect of engineering there i think that's his title he actually lives in dublin and he came along and opened the exhibition and we had a crew of people who live in Dublin, Kildare, Mead. They actually work for IOHK as
0: well. And they all came along to the exhibition, which was fantastic. So that's great. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, so I want to thank you very much for your time today. I, I enjoyed speaking with you. It's great learning about your background and what, all the great stuff you're up to. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, and my last question is this, how can People find out more information about you, about your gallery, about your exhibitions, um, sculptures. How can they do any of that? They can follow us
2: on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter seems to be the best spot for people who are interested in cryptocurrencies and NFT. I've found it fantastic, actually. Um, and we have a website www.dekildaregallery.ie. And uh, I'm constantly putting posts up on Twitter and social media. So just follow us on there.
1: Well, (laughs) thank you very much for your time today. Thanks very
0: much, Jamil. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on...
2: Twitter at Irish underscore tech news on Facebook Facebook dot com forward slash Irish tech news on LinkedIn LinkedIn dot com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news on Instagram Instagram
0: dot com forward slash Irish tech news dot IE and on TikTok TikTok dot com forward slash at Irish tech news